Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Japan is uh, launching the world's first wooden satellite to tackle space pollution. Wooden satellite, a timber satellite being built by the Japanese researchers in Kyoto, and it's called Lingosat. Um, they've carried out lab tests in recreated space conditions, and head researcher Koji Murata told The Guardian that they were astounded by Wood's ability to withstand such conditions. So, could wooden satellites be the future of spacecraft? We'll discuss that. We are joined by astrophysicist Dr. Sarah Webb, who's a lecturer at Swinburne. University of Technology. Hi there, Sarah. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Tell us about this satellite. It seems bizarre, really. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem like they'd be strong enough to last, uh, you know, the, the, the conditions in outer space. You're, you're absolutely right. It, intuitively, when you hear it, you go, no way, a wooden satellite. But it turns out that wood is mighty strong. And especially this type of wood that they're using, magnolia wood, it can withstand the harsh conditions of space. So when you're up in low Earth orbit, you have very, very little atmosphere. You're almost in a complete vacuum of space and you're being bombarded with higher levels of radiation. And from all of their testing on previous experiments carried out on the outside of the International Space Station, this wood held up just fine. And so they're going to test it by putting it on a coffee cup sized little mini cube set uh, and, and launch that into space and, and just confirm that the wood does hold up and then potentially this could be the future of satellites. Sorry, the coffee cup size, what little satellites did you say? Yeah, the first one is going to be about 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres, a tiny little cube. Uh, and it's just very small, but enough to be able to test if, if the uh, program works. Yeah. So obviously they go, they, they go up there on a on a space on a rocket, uh, you know, um, because of course they wouldn't get through the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's lots of things flying around in uh, in space. Um, they yeah. they are able to withstand, you know, being hit by pieces of you know shrapnel or whatever. Yeah, that's correct. So there's lots of different uh, things that are happening in orbit. We have lots of large satellites and then millions and millions of pieces of tiny bits of debris. And they found that the wood is able to withstand those little micro debris hits just as well as some other materials that are used. So it should fare fine once it's up there. Have you seen a model of this? Um, I have, What yeah. does it look like? It, very tiny. You can you can Google when you, when people are home. You can Google what it looks like. Very tiny. It's wood on most of the uh, on the six sides, uh, and then it does have electronic components inside it. You do need the electronics for it to be a working satellite. But the majority of the material is that wood magnolia. And this particular satellite is is only up there as a, as a test, I presume. So it's only firing yeah. signals back, so you can you know obviously keep up where it is. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. Just to test for now. Yeah, yeah. Do you see this as the future, though? I think it's an interesting potential. So the the thing that's really exciting about this type of satellite is that when it burns up in the atmosphere, the wood creates less pollutants for our upper atmosphere than, say, aluminum does. So 
this potentially could help us not only combat space debris in orbit, but actually what the space debris does when it burns up in our upper atmosphere. So I think potentially this could be the future for small satellites, for these cube satellite-based missions. For some of our larger satellites, though, unfortunately, metals are are the material that are needed, especially when we're doing very large satellites that go beyond low Earth orbit. Yes. So mostly, obviously, they're made out of what sort of composite materials, metals, etc., aluminium, I presume, or lots, carbon? Lots or? of aluminium, yep. yes, lots of aluminium, which can turn into aluminium oxide once it burns up in the atmosphere, which can, in theory, uh, deplete our ozone layer. So that's a concern that is definitely being looked at mm. very, very um, in-depth by researchers. And how polluted is space? It's quite polluted, unfortunately. So at the moment, our best estimates are that there's 130 million pieces of space debris that are a millimetre and bigger. Uh, And now a millimetre doesn't sound very large, but if you're travelling at eight kilometres per second, you are 10 times faster than a bullet, which means that even a millimetre of debris can do damage to, to satellites. So it's crowded up there. My goodness. And so, I mean, you know, the space stations and all those, do they have sort of deflectors or something? I mean, can they avoid being hit by these bits of debris? Yeah, to a certain degree. So the space station has had to manoeuvre several times over the last two decades to avoid big pieces of debris. That would be catastrophic. But small pieces hit it quite often. Micro Micrometeorite or micro debris hits are quite common on the outside of the space station. And thankfully, they're very well protected. But it is something that will grow as we launch more and more satellites. We will continue to see more debris. Yeah. And... Obviously, we are able to track uh, to track the space debris, so you know when it's coming. They're particularly the bigger bigger items. That's right. For the large items that are about a baseball size or bigger, we can track them fairly consistently. But for the smaller items, it's incredibly difficult to do here on the ground. Um, so I'm actually working on trying to build up a program to use our ast- like our astronomical facilities, where we have massive telescopes taking data of the sky all the time, to do some bonus science of tracking small pieces of debris. Right. What can we do about this? I mean, obviously, there it's all up there now. Um, pretty hard to send a rubbish yeah. truck. <laughs> it is. So with, uh, what's interesting is we can limit it by just being conscious about what we do with dying satellites. So right now, actually, as we speak, there's a satellite that's deorbiting over our heads. So if you look up tonight, you might catch a glimpse of it burning up in the atmosphere. Mm. Uh, and this is just one example of good practice is when a satellite is no longer in use, we should be trying to deorbit as many as possible so they're removed from that that space ecosystem. Mm. Um, but also we need to think about well, what satellites are necessary, what, what is our bare minimum of required satellites and then what satellites are maybe not so necessary currently until we can get a grasp on how do we track every piece of debris that could be hazarded mm. uh, and then also uh, how do we just have a healthy space ecosystem. Mm. And so this space debris is just floating around there at uh, whatever you said the speed was that huge speed faster than a bullet but it's just going round and round and round the Earth's uh, orbit. It does, it does. Some of it will decay, so our Earth's atmosphere will sometimes puff up and expand and can pull it down, but some of it's stuck up there for hundreds of years. Oh, my goodness gracious. We've done it again, haven't we? We have, us humans. We've got a special <laughs> way of leaving our mark everywhere we go. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Hey, lo- lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. Uh, fascinating topic, uh, Sarah, and uh, appreciate your, your time. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Good on you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.